Welcome to the Behind the Goals podcast, the podcast about fans, for fans and by fans. Please welcome your hosts, Andrew Jenkin and Alan Russell. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Behind the Goals. Uh, this week we've got a very special guest, uh, a Sports Direct Scotland board member on yeah. the podcast and personal friend of yourself. Well. Yeah, um, this week I've got a legitimate reason to talk about Wraith Rovers. Um, so Stephen Lawther is, is joining us for this week's podcast. As Andrew says, a, a Sports Direct Scotland board member, Wraith Rovers fan, um, a writer, mm. uh, a researcher, mm-hmm. uh, a, a man of many talents. Um, we're primarily going to be talking uh, to him about a scheme that he started up um, four or five years ago after doing some research for Wraith Rovers on, uh, on lapsed fans to try and learn... Um, Learn, learn what we could try and see what we could learn from from talking to lapsed fans of Wraith Rovers. Yeah, um, interesting stuff, and obviously Rory Club's aimed at children, isn't it? But it's yeah. uh, just interesting to see the similarities, which we discuss a little bit between the direction women's football is going in as well, in terms yeah. of encouraging younger people to go to the games. So a lot of kind of crossover there. Between. That's right, and I don't think many other clubs are doing it, from what I can see. Yeah, certainly not at the at the scale. Um, anyway, it's fairly small scale as everything is at a, a club in the third tier of Scottish football. Uh, but when you when you look at the level of support that Raith Rovers have, we have a, a very large number of of young supporters, uh, and it's largely down down to down to work that Stephen kicked off a few years ago on, on the Rory Club, uh, which is basically the observation that in in a typical supporter's life cycle. Um, one of the places where they could stop following actively their their football club is um, is uh, when they when they cease being a being a primary school kid, uh, and one of the common uh, points at which they start following is when they're when they're young kids. Mm. So it's that critical point in a in a in a, in a person's life uh, where they're likely to start watching football, and if they don't make a really strong connection to the club, they can drift away quite quite quickly and quite easily uh, when they get that little bit older. Um, so we explored that in some depth, depth with Stephen, and that whole idea of you know, a, a family-friendly atmosphere for watching football is, I think, the link between uh, the the Rory Club uh, and the other things we talked about around women's football mm. uh, and around making changes for the better in Scottish football. So it's a, it's yeah. a more pleasant atmosphere yeah. uh, to be in. Yeah, and uh, the impact of five flies as well in other sports, and we've spoken that a little bit on the podcast. The yeah, past, yeah, we may, may, we should have really delved into that in a little bit more depth, but mm. Sco- but Kirkcaldy is quite unusual, and it's the it's the only place in Scotland other than other than a large city where ice hockey is played. Mm. So it's the it's the only large town in Scotland that's got a senior ice hockey team, uh, and it does have a fairly significant impacts on the on, on the attendances at the football club um, but it's also a, a, a great opportunity to learn what works there what is it that attracts people to watch ice hockey that football's not doing mm. um, and some of those lessons have been learned and put into practice at, at Wraith Rovers as a result yeah absolutely so we'll just delve into it yeah but before we do we should remind we everybody of our of our membership uh, uh, options yes. for, for supporters direct um, we announced that a couple of weeks ago in the outro when probably when eighty <laughs> percent of people had switched off um, but we've uh, we've recently switched our, our membership scheme so that you can join supporters direct as a as an individual member rather than it just being open for for supporters groups um, is uh, everything everything's available free of charge on our website. Um, but it does cost money to run the organisation and to do that research. Uh, and we'd like to make that available to people uh, for as long as possible. So in order to help uh, the organisation be as sustainable as possible, 
if you if you feel it's worth something and you're able to pay it, um, you can pay what you like to be to become an individual member of Supporters Direct Scotland yeah. through our Patreon page. Yes, via our Patreon page, which is www.patreon.com slash Supporters Direct Scotland. Uh, and anything that people give will be very much appreciated and it does give you a range of benefits as well so ability to stand for the our new reconstructed board um free entry to our events as well so and as, as alan says it helps because we do produce a lot of content that does cost us money um and we want to make it as accessible for everyone so please help us continue to do that good yes so let's get back to listening to stephen lawler and what he has to say about the rory club uh, welcome, Stephen. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, we're we're with Stephen Lawther today to talk about primarily the Rory Club uh, that he started up, but also some other um, uh, issues that he's working on in football. So tell us a little bit about the Rory Club, Stephen, how it started, um, how you came up with the idea. I was put on a working group by Wraith Rovers uh, to look at attendances generally. So there was a group of us who were put together uh, to to look at why people weren't coming at Wraith Rovers and what we could do to sort of really uh, uh, boost the support at Wraith Rovers. Um, not an easy task, but uh, so as part of that, we did some research with Laps fans. So we went out and uh, just anecdotally found people who had stopped coming to the Rovers uh, and we went and spoke to them. So we did we did sort of one-to-one interviews with them just over the phone. Um, and what became really clear from that was just there was almost like a supporter's life stage that people got introduced to Wraith. There was a point where they all, where they dropped off. So the first point where people dropped off is when they became sort of teenagers, you know, found better things to do, more interesting things to do. Uh, and the second point really, which led us to the Rory Club, was uh, when people had children, they sort of stopped coming. So, you know, kids were small, obviously, you know, going to bring them to a football match um, uh, when they're just born. But even actually when they were sort of three, four, five, six, seven, uh, people weren't really coming back with kids because they saw it as not really a great environment for for bringing children into for for a whole host of reasons. Um, but you know the danger there is we're just we're losing people for like ten years. You know while while they have sort of fairly smallish kids. Um, and we also found I guess there's a specific in Kirkcaldy there's a specific problem or not a problem or a challenge. Uh, and that we've got five flyers on our doorstep as well. So yeah. we we spoke to a number of those Laps fans who said well actually. I take my kids to the Five Flyers because it's indoors. Uh, you know, there's not as much swearing. It's a bit more of a family atmosphere, and there's things to do. They have like a chuck up up competition where all the kids throw a puck on the ice to win win some prize. So there's something for them to do and to focus on. So um, we reflected on all of that and then decided that actually, yeah, Wraith Rovers and Starks Park wasn't a great environment for kids of that age um, and at the time my, my own daughter was six so it, it felt fairly and we did used to drag her along unfortunately the rovers, but, so it, it did feel quite personal I guess she's, area. So, she's suffered so our, I, our, our, more than her fair share over the, the few years yeah she, suffer, she suffered more than her fair share and still does I, I always started on the basis of the, as many years I could get out before she realises dad this is absolutely rubbish and stuff, so, so uh, we're, we're still going fingers crossed just now although it might, it might be drifting off at this point um, but yeah so I, I guess I volunteered to, to look into this area because of having a child that sort of age myself um, and then also just as an interest to sort of try and build something up that would I guess make it more interesting for kids mm-hmm. attract more kids in you know and 
ultimately turn the poor sods into the, the, <laughs> us that come all the time and support the club in their adult years. So, so yeah. that was the sort of uh, premise, I guess, for yeah. for think for thinking about a, a kids club in the first instance. Just just stepping back to something you mentioned earlier about these life stages. Um, I, it's something that struck me at the time, and it still strikes me, and I, I, I share it with people when I'm talking about this kind of stuff. Um, this is something that's, I think it's applicable to, to, to any football club. Uh, this idea that there's a, a, there's, a, there's a pattern to people's lives, typical times when they start coming to watch football and typical times when they drop off. Because um, you, you, I, I remember, I think there was three or four points where people could drop off supporting. So there was that, that one when they become teenagers, when they're, when they're young parents. And I think the, the next one was when they, for older age groups, um, when their friends stopped going. That's the one that yeah. stuck in my mind. But you also had points where people start um, supporting the football club. Um, and the, yeah, one, the, the one I think was really important there was, you know, the age group where, you know, adult fans of, of, of today, you know, their, their earliest memories of coming to support Wraith Rovers, and I think it's probably the same for other clubs, was around about the age group that, you're, that, that we're targeting with the Rory Club. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that, that was another aspect of this because... Um, yeah, when we when we spoke to people, we obviously talked about what it meant to them to be a Wraith fan. And, and actually, the other thing that struck me um, was that even though people weren't coming, they were Wraith fans. They talked uh-huh. as if they were Wraith fans. You know, they were, it's not as if they felt. You know, they had some of them hadn't been to Stars Park in years, but you know, they hadn't stopped being Wraith fans. But yeah, it, they always talked fondly of it, sort of starting when an adult brought them along and you were a kid. I mean, we've all probably experienced it, that sort of slightly wide-eyed big crowd, although big, <laughs> big in, crowd. Context, in context <laughs> of the Rovers, but um, a big crowd, a bit of atmosphere and actually how they, they really liked it. And, you know, and, and a lot of them talked about not actually even watching the football at first, you know, in the old days, kicking a sort of can around you know, on the terrace, at the front of the terrace, and, you know, the, the football sort of passing them by. But the atmosphere and, and being with their father or grandparent or whatever it happened to be um, was the thing that attracted them. So I guess part of it was also to have them as a secondary audience, the adults who bring kids along. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, <clears throat> now we're further down the line, is a sense of sort of making it making the experience easier for them to bring their kids along. So, because yeah. <clears throat> people did say to us in the laps fans research that actually I wanted to come, but you know I, I can't drag my kids or my kids start start moaning about it. So, mm. a sort of secondary ambition, I guess, was to get to get that sort of uh, make it a bit easier for them that there's there's something kids can come along and do. So, what uh, perhaps you could explain what the the Rory Club look, looks like then? Stephen, in terms of um, you know what what are the, some of the benefits and, and um, what, what's involved in becoming a member? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Rory for people who don't know is Rory Rover, obviously, is our is our club mascot. And it, at the time when we were doing this research, he'd sort of disappeared off the scene. You know, he'd, he'd had his moments every now and again, <laughs> but um, he certainly wasn't around the town. Uh, it got to the point where he actually wasn't even there on a Saturday. So he'd sort of, sort of uh, skulked off. So there was no real, real, real Rory on the go. So one of the things was to just bring back Rory Rover and, and use him as an asset, um, both around the club, obviously on a Saturday, but actually around the community. Um, so that's where obviously the name the Ro- the Rory Club came out of it. Um, 
I mean, the, the two principles I guess we started with was one, it wasn't a club as in a sense of a physical place to go. It was a sort of a, I guess, a notional or virtual virtual club that people were joined. It was more sort of a fil- about affiliation rather than uh, initially at first doing doing things together or getting together. Um, and the second one, I guess, was that we wanted it to be free, so we didn't want any barriers to joining. Mm. Uh, you know, and we didn't want we, we didn't want a lot of bureaucracy around it or, or having to sort of take payments and stuff. But actually, we just wanted it to to be about bringing as many people as possible. And so, the, to me, the main thing for for me when I sat down at the start was it's, this is an affiliation thing. This is to get kids in the town and wider to know that first of all there's a club in the town to know it's Wraith Rovers and then to start, actually start to feel a connection with it uh, and start to have uh, you know some sort of loyalty to it and you know down the line yeah get them to attend games and turn them into a loyal fan but I guess my, my principle to begin with was uh, to try and get as much sort of Rovers branded tat into their house as possible <laughs> so so they've got things in their house with Wraith Rovers on it and they know do you know what that's that, that that could be my club and and also the tagline we started using uh, was your local club because obviously mm. you know well you're up against the the Rangers and Celtics of this world but you're also now up against the Man Cities and Barcelona's mm. Real Madrid to this mm. world so we tried to go down the line of well actually this is smaller accessible yeah, the football might not be the same quality, but actually, there's there's something else here that you can can get involved in. So, so it was about affiliation rather than uh, r- rather than you know an actual club. Let's get together. Sure. Um, so, in terms of how it works, I mean, it's it's pretty simple. I mean, and partly that was to try and keep it as cheap and as simple as possible. But um, the core of it is essentially a sort of reward scheme or a loyalty scheme. So, kids join up; they get a membership card. Uh, they get a couple of freebies uh, like bugs or uh, fixture lists, things like that the le- le- letter from the manager um, and then they, they get a reward card So, and it's much like a reward card you would get in Costas or, or one of these places where there's literally 5 stamps, 15 stamps to collect you to say 5 you get a bronze reward, 10 you get a silver reward and 15 you get a gold reward so the idea was just and then very simple just come along collect stamps and hopefully if they're collecting stamps then that will make them more more willing to come along and uh, if they get as many freebies as they can uh, then then they can do that so that that was the that was the core of it it's obviously grown a bit and we've done other things since that but that that was the sort of uh, start of it i guess was to get people interested in in collecting and and, and getting rewards how many seasons has the club been running Stephen? Uh, this is we're now in our fourth season, uh-huh. fourth season. So we've just finished our fourth season today. So we're we're entering our fifth season. So we're just at the point where we're uh, I'm at that point where we're ordering rewards. So it's <laughs> looking through catalogues and seeing what what sort of stuff uh, kids might be interested in. Your spare I mean, room's about to fill up, fill up again. <laughs> yeah, well, we we do have, we have a sort of turnover of stuff. We try and sell stuff at the end. We'll come on to later on about how to sort of fund it, but. Um, yeah, my, my house does get clogged up with that sort of stuff, so I'm, I'm very very conscious of it. So uh, I need a I need a lock up garage somewhere, I think. So. And but, um, the, the rewards are quite impressive as well. I mean, they're they're, they're not just throwaway items. Uh, tell us tell us what you've had uh, this season and in previous seasons. 
Yeah, well, we, we started off, I mean, we did, uh, first, as I said, to get as much stuff into people's houses, when we first started it, we did a lot of sort of giveaway things like bugs, balloons, wristbands, all that sort of stuff, really sort of cheap or low-cost stuff. Um, but the rewards, we wanted them to be something sort of decent, and actually they've sort of evolved over the years. So we started out uh, fairly big, so we had like a sort of little drawstring bag and a, a frisbee, um, and a, a sort of mini football was the first year, um, and then we've sort of kept that going. I mean, we have we have had experience of where you know sometimes the reward falls a little bit flat. You can see the you can tell you can tell because obviously I'm at the stand at the table handing out the reward, so you can tell what works. You start to learn what works and what doesn't. So so we've tried to sort of I guess make make the bronze one a, a bit less. Uh, and actually build up the sort of silver and gold ones. So, so yeah, yeah. This year we had great, great things. We had, uh, we had the silver was a sort of pencil case uh, with, with all the sort of rover stuff in it, and then uh, the the gold was a sort of a really nice, uh, nice football, like yeah. uh, like proper proper football rovers logo. Full on size it. leather. Yeah. Full size leather, nice, uh, nice colours, very modern design. So, um, and for for next season, I shouldn't give any spoilers if any kids are listening. But um, it's a big part a really of our nice, demographics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a really nice uh, sort of rucksack actually with a nice embroidered badge in it and oh, stuff. Wow. So, um, so it's, 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 it's pretty nice. So I think that will get a bit of the wow factor. Um, but I mean, I should say in terms of in terms of the funding again, the the the, the whole premise was not to sort of cost the club anything so it would be zero cost to the club and mm. um, we've been fantastically lucky in that the race supporters trust are our sort of core funder so they they fund us for uh, for the the actual rewards so um, and that's been tremendously helpful to to allow us to buy these these great rewards that, that, that kids really love um, and out, out with that we we just we basically run activities so we run like i guess the team uh, not every game, but every couple of games, and then obviously any rewards are left over. We we sort of uh, sell them, or I, I try to flog them to people. <laughs> but, I mean, the interesting thing is actually adults are into it as well. You know that I took the balls along to our uh, the balls we had left over to our, our uh, Wraith hustings recently, and uh, you know I thought right, well I, t- I might get ten or for these, and they actually all went. So you know that's a re- mm-hmm. the, the adults were keen on them as well. So um, so that means it means we can sort of have a pot of money to to do things throughout the year as well as, as the reward scheme yeah Are you, another reward that you added in um i think the last couple of seasons was the collector cards um which are which are incredibly popular with adults as well um it's it's quite amazing just to see it yeah that's a, that's another thing we, uh, we, we we've sold to adults as well to raise a bit of money uh, you never stop being a child and, cl- and collecting cards he says uh, opening his panini stickers <laughs> but um, but yeah, we we've tried to. I mean, we've just we've tried to sort of. I guess we've sort of been trying different things as we've gone along. So to get to get sort of just do a bit more activity, and I guess as we got the reward scheme up and running, and sort of just just ticking along, it gave us a bit more space to do other things. So um, yeah, a guy at the club, Neil Ingebrigtsen, came and, and suggested the collector's cards, which was just taking a photo of every every uh, player you know putting on a, on a nice card uh, and then sort of giving them out for with the first couple of years we did it they were sort of randomly all shuffled up a bit like the panini thing uh, this year and and it was done at the end of the season this year uh, we did it at the start of the season just to sort of get a connection with the players and 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 made it that actually if you come to all five games you'll get you'll get the set because they're in order so yeah they've they've been they've been really popular with kids we had swap sessions um we've we've done other things like we have we send every kid a christmas card as well from rory rover 
Uh, we've had Halloween parties, we've had Christmas parties, so there's been lots of dressing up and that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, again, involving Rory Rover all the time. Uh, we we run a competition every. We run a competition to be a mascot. We, we run a competition to be to get Rory to come to your school, and they are they are they're great great fun. Um, because it's myself and my wife dressed up, well, me, uh, me as the, as the Rovers representative, and my wife dressed up as uh, as Rory Rover. I shouldn't really admit that, but uh, no, he's, he's a real lion. But, uh, but uh, no, I mean, really, re- but really simple, really low effort. You know, just just two people into a school. We take in some freebies. You know, the person that's won, we obviously get them a sign strip or a football or whatever. Um, and actually, that's really, really, really good and really rewarding and really fun. I mean, we went to. Um, the last one we went to was Torben Primary School, and just because of the layout of the school and everything, we actually ended up managing to hit like five classes. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the one class obviously that the childhood one was in, but then his sort of uh, you know a class that was alongside one we passed in a corridor, and then we ended up Rory and and uh, country dancing with the with the <laughs> P7. So um, it's just to get get Rory out, get a bit of a buzz about the club, and and get an affiliation with sort of. Wraith Rovers. We've done, we've done other things, you know. We do player signing sessions where, uh, particularly when people have the collector cards, they can, you know, at the end of the game, the players hold back and, and sign stuff for the kids. Uh, we've done tours around Starks Park, and um, we do a family day as well. So where it's mm-hmm. basically take over the sort of North Stand or Val McDermott Stands, so the sort of normal away end, and just do a lot of activities and fun fun things and splat the rat and kicking and, and all the all these sorts of things so yeah. um it's been it's been really good fun and actually for the people who volunteer and help out myself it's actually it's a right good laugh you know yeah. it's really it sort of reminds you what what what's good about football and what's good about uh, what's good about supporting wraith you know which you, you need done at sometimes yeah and there's a real buzz about those events the special events but also on a week-to-week basis just you know the, the amount of activity of kids coming up to get their get their stamp for that week and and, and potentially collect their, their their next reward, it's created a, a different atmosphere in the in the concourse of the of the, of the south stand uh, on a week to week basis. Um, certainly something that, that that I've noticed is, is sometimes very difficult uh, because we ha- we do the stamping at the same place of the the Wraith Supporters Trust have our, our information point. Sometimes you just can't get there because there there's there's too there's like, there's crowds of kids in the way, so it does create yeah. a, a bit of a buzz. Uh, how, how many yeah. how many members do you have in the club? Um, uh, well, we started off, and uh, our, our original target was three hundred. So the first year we got three hundred and fifty um, signing people up, and that was just going around events. Uh, you know, uh, sort of going to shopping centres, going to supermarkets, leafleting. You know, taking Rory with us, um, and then obviously promoting it on the website. And we're now it's grown over the years. I mean, obviously people have left because you know we set an age cap on it. It's really mm-hmm. primary school. I mean, we've extended it a wee bit to sort of you know. S1, S2, but people generally by the time they get that age are sort of dropping off anyway in terms of wanting to come up and get their stamp. But um, yeah, we've we've had um, I think it's 620 kids through it, you know, uh, over the last over the last three years, um, and you know every, every season. Uh, I mean, there's a mix. There's people who will who will be there every week, you know, get their rewards within the 15 games because they're season ticket holders. And there's people who are sort of less, you know, a bit less frequent, but, you know, they, they might just get up to the silver or the bronze. So it sort of works for, for all levels, really. So, but, you know, the idea is just, I guess, to move, to move people up the scale to try and get get them as regular as, as possible. But, but yeah, no, it does, it creates a nice buzz. As I said, the, the events we do, we also introduced a South Stand shot, which I know other clubs do, but it was basically, you know, Rory goes out, stands in a hula hoop, and uh, 
you, you fire the ball, the kids get a ball, number ball, and throw throw the ball towards Rory, and the closest wins wins. A, I think it's Clooney Clay's vouchers at the moment. So that again, that creates a bit of a buzz of something to do. The kids get their ball, they're hanging on to it for the first half. They're they're all down the front, you know. It's just to try and I guess learn from things like the five flyers and stuff, and uh, that, that actually get a bit of activity going. And it just I guess going right back to the start, it just it means it's just a kid isn't coming along and just sitting cold waiting yeah. on the game to start you know and when at half time sitting waiting on the game to restart there's actually you can get their stamp they can go and get their ball for the south stand shot they can do I guess the team you know so there's a there's a bit more going on for them than than, than would have been before which I think has made a huge huge change to both the the kids and, and the parents um, but we also did we have done a, a couple of bits of research uh, we haven't done it this year but the last two years uh, we, we did a sort of wee online survey with people just sort of asking them and I mean the, the, the figures we got we get from that are great I mean the the first survey we did it was 92% uh-huh. Both agreed that the Rory Club made their child feel more connected to Wraith Rovers, you know. Yeah. Um, and then sixty-five percent that thought that collecting stamps has made their child more interested in coming to matches. So th- there was definitely the anecdotal feedback we get is actually it makes it a lot easier, you know. It's like the kids, it's not quite as, as much of a battle as getting the kids along, you know. Um, and just, I mean, a, a couple of the quotes from our survey as well, you know, somebody saying the Rory Club has greatly improved my son's affinity with the club. Someone else saying overall it's been fantastic. It's really helped build my son's interest in going to matches and his attachment to Wraith and actually renewed my own enthusiasm for coming yeah, to matches. Fantastic. So there's a there's a wider, uh, obviously, benefit to it in the, the child's happy, the, the parent's <laughs> happy. And, you know... Regardless of how terrible the football is in front of you during the ninety <laughs> minutes, you know you, you know that you're going to get your stamp. You know that you can do the South Sand show and do the guessed team. So yeah. I guess that, that was part of it as well. It's, it's a constant, you know. Whereas the entertainment value is sometimes sometimes miss, mostly yeah. missed for Wraith recently. Yeah, yeah. So even on the even on the worst day of football, you still get your stamp, and it wasn't all all time wasted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's it's great. Um, I, I'm kind of I'm also also interested in that thing you mentioned there about you get more of a connection with the with with the adults that are coming with the kids and you're having a chat with them. I, I kind of was chatting to somebody recently uh, and they said, oh, you know, all these all these years I've never I've never I've never ever spoken to to, to, to that guy before." It was within our our supporter director election um, that uh, it, it gets you a little bit more in contact with somebody at the club. Uh, it gives you a reason to, to to talk to somebody at the club rather than just come along and and watch the football. Uh, yeah, quite exactly, and, I, and I'm, ve- I'm very, we're very conscious of like, I, like, obviously I do the stamping on a Saturday, so I'm very conscious of I'm a sort of face of it, even though I'm just a volunteer, you know, I, you sort of feel as like you are part of the club, you know. So it actually has made me feel a bit more part of the club uh-huh. and a bit more connected to the club, um, and actually they you know, and also hopefully they get a friendly face, and you know, it, it's actually changed my experience. You know, if I go to away games now. I'm saying hello to like thirty people, whereas yeah. before we'd be like two or three, you know. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. You, you know people, and you know you know people who are bringing their kids along, and uh, you, you also obviously it's now starting to see the kids sort of grow up and get a bit older. So it's, it's definitely uh, so it, it strengthened that connection, I think, you know. And you know you get the the kids love the events with players and stuff and managers and things, you know. You sort of forget, you can get a bit weary about you know that these things aren't that important, but actually for kids, you know. They absolutely love any sort of interaction with fans or managers. I mean, we did a uh, we did a press pack event with the Wraith TV team, 
uh, that was sort of getting it was in Ray McKinnon's days of getting Ray McKinnon and a couple of players. Um, I think it was David Bates actually, and um, okay. and Ross Ma- and Ross Matthews. Uh, so we got them in. Uh, and, you know, kids who submitted questions, so they were the sort of press pack, and they interviewed them. You know, and we videoed it, and you know that event was brilliant. You know, we mm-hmm. gave them little badges and stuff, uh, and then a little sort of goodie bag to go away with, and and just the interaction between the manager and and players and and the and the kids that they really really appreciate that. You know, um, and obviously we we had Rory there who who's, who's always a hit. They love yeah. again adults and adults and uh, children love love Rory, so it's a definite <laughs> asset that, that we can use. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, moving on to some of the other things that you you're involved with, um, you've been writing a fair bit um, about Wraith Rovers and about about other aspects of football. Um, we, we'll probably get you onto the podcast sometime, maybe on the 25th anniversary of the, the Coca Cola Cup win, to talk about the <laughs> yes. unthinkable book. Um, but you've been writing in, in Nutmeg recently. We've had Ali Palmer on a few weeks ago and had a few other uh, kind of uh, contributors yeah, to, to Nutmeg yeah. on the, on the podcast in the past. Um, so, and I and I hear you've just had your second article published in Nutmeg. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I I obviously wrote the book Unthinkable, which is about uh, Wraith Rovers' uh, greatest moment, obviously. Um, and that that I mean that was a great experience. Uh, so I guess that's got me writing a little bit more. Um, so I, I did an article on uh, we went to the Women's Euros in Netherlands last summer. Um, so a little bit about women's football, and uh, and obviously through through my work, I was involved with uh, Nil by Mouth in uh, the whole strict liability debate. So um, uh, I was asked by them to to do some research uh, with fans again, just to get that fans' voice and uh, about sort of strict liability and uh, whether people were sought as a potential sort of solution. Uh, I guess particularly in the context of the whole offensive behaviour football act um, and and its scrapping. So sort of, sort of where where you go next so that's really the focus of that article I guess is 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 this a potential route to sort of solve solve this problem uh-huh. yeah I remember I came along to to the event um, you were presenting their findings at it was a really fascinating um, presentation and the results were really interesting as well in terms of what fans thought um, around that whole issue um, and it's a really tricky one to get right isn't it in terms of we clearly have a problem in this country of sectarianism within football but no one quite seems to know what the solution to it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very, there's a lot of baggage that comes with this whole no. sort of area, you know, and I guess that was part of uh, of Dave Scott's nil by mouth. Uh, was keen to, I guess, get, get a sort of independent, if you like, view f- from the fans, you know, because I think often, you know, in these, in these in offensive behaviour and in this area as well, you know, it's the people who sort of shout loudest that is, is seen as the views of mm. of fans, and actually, it's a bit more nuanced than that. I think mm. you know, um, so the the whole emphasis was to try and get, I guess, the view of this sort of ordinary fan, if there is such a thing, um, yeah, who, who and whether they think this might be a, a, a potential solution or not. Which, uh, well, hey, also whether whether they see it as a problem, you know, because there is some debate from some quarters about whether this is even a problem, mm. a real problem or not. So whether fans see it as a problem, and then I guess whether strict liability could could be a potential solution for that mm-hmm. and your um, your other article about um, women's football uh, and, the, and your experience at the, the Euros last year was uh, uh, really interesting I think that was issue 6 was it 
it was, yeah, it was two, two of all, yeah, six. Yeah, and I mean, uh, just talking about a lot of the stuff, linking that back to the Rory Club, I went to the um, Scotland-Belarus game on Thursday, which was just a brilliant atmosphere. The fan yeah. zone was just really very cool. Lots and lots of children there to watch the game. And it's really interesting what they're doing with women's football in terms of getting um, a lot of young people and, and families to games. And I suppose that links in quite nicely with what you're doing with the Rory Club as well. Yeah, I mean, in the Rory Club, the interesting thing about the Rory Club is there's actually a, a big proportion of, of girls in it as well. So I can't remember the exact uh, figure, but uh, it, uh, in the first year, I think it was pretty close to a third of, of Rory Club members were, uh, were female. So that again, that's something we're, we're really keen to promote. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I've got a daughter, so I've got a personal interest in that. She plays football uh, at Boroughmuir Thistle, you know, she comes along to, or gets dragged along to Wraith with, with us. <laughs> um, so she's... Uh, so we're really keen, I guess, to sort of promote, um, you know, football for everybody, really. And, um, you know, we've sort of given up waiting for the Scotland men to qualify for a, a tournament. <laughs> so uh, so we decided as a family to go to the Netherlands and at the right time with uh, my daughter was the right sort of age to go abroad and stuff. So And that was a fantastic experience. And actually, um, from, it's had two impacts, really. It's really sort of lit a fire under her in terms of her foot playing football you know she played before but was sort of it was a side thing but now it's her main thing and it's how she sort of defines herself I think so she's mm-hmm. really kicked on in, in, in that sense and it's actually made us go to women's football a lot more so um, we, we even went across to the Scotland-Switzerland game the qualifier oh, um, so which was a great a great experience unfortunately Scotland lost but um, that was a great experience and you know it's also much more accessible in a way uh, I don't know, it just feels like, even the Euros felt a lot sort of friendlier, a lot more accessible, mm. the players are a lot more accessible. You know, we bumped into the, the Scotland squad at the airport on the way back from Scotland, Switzerland. And um, and even on Thursday there, there was a signing session down yeah, the front. Yeah. And, you know, we, we took a whole load of people from Boroughmere Thistle through. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they were all down the front getting their boots signed, getting their programme signed. So it really creates a real sort of connection about it I think it's it's only really the only way is up for women's football I think it's it's definitely growing yeah and you you've you've been a follower of the men's team uh, over the years as well you know, what would you think what would you say are the biggest differences between following the women's team and following the men's team I think I mean it's, it's obviously on a smaller scale so uh, so it's just it seems a, I think it's just a bit more relaxed I think it's much more uh, families. Um, much more women at the games um, there's a lot less I mean not that you get massive aggression at Scotland games obviously but it's just a less a sort of calmer atmosphere I think and uh, mm-hmm. going back to again the Rory Club you know and the whole thing about people not wanting to bring their kids into an environment that can be you know quite aggressive a bit of swearing a lot of swearing um, it's, it's definitely there's there, you know there, there's, there's none of that it's, it's much more friendly Um it's not as it's not as tribal, I don't think. So, for example, we were at the Scotland England game at the Women's Euros. You know, there was not, there was no. Everybody was sitting in amongst each other. There was no, there was no hassle. And you know, unfortunately, Scotland got beat six 0 But um, <laughs> you know, even then, there was no, there was no nastiness. It was all, it was all polite, friendly. Um, we we went to the fan zones. They had great fan zones in the Netherlands during that tournament. And actually, you know, we met some of the England players and stuff. You know, again in the Scotland game and the last Scotland game when they beat Spain, you know, the squad came over and were signing flags and signing strips and all, all that sort of thing. So it was, it was much more accessible, I think. And and the football's different. You know, I mean, I think everybody always tries to compare the football and actually. 
you know, it's a game of football. It doesn't matter who's playing it, really. You know, whether it's kids or whether it's uh, adults, male or female. I think you know the, the football is, is is really entertaining, and you know it's a different type of football. You know, it's not as physical, uh, more emphasis on passing, but uh, it's got every potential to be be just as exciting and uh, and just as thrilling. I think so. Um, and as I said, we've started. We go to the Scotland games now, and uh, we've started going down to. Some, to watch Hibs, Hibs women's team as well, so mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit of a strange experience being a Wraith fan because you, you can't quite bring yourself <laughs> to show you come on the Hibs. But, uh, <laughs> so, but uh, that's a great environment. I mean, it's obviously very small crowds, but I mean, it's re- it's good, it's entertaining, really, really sort of friendly environment. So, uh, it's a great place, I think. Yeah. And and obviously, the the kids see role models on the pitch, you know. So, my daughter sees at the Euros and watching Hibs or watching Scotland that there's there's women playing football and you know and and progressing so uh-huh. that can only be a good thing I think I think I think that's really important my I my goddaughter plays football for for uh, Wraith Girls team um, and I asked her actually at, at the at, at the Scotland ladies last warm up game before the Euros uh, against Ireland or Northern Ireland um, at, um, it, it, the Republic wasn't the it? Republic of Ireland and it, it took place at Starks Park so I took her along to that. Uh, and on the way to the game, uh, I was asking her, um, you know, who her favourite player was, and she said, "I don't have one." I said, "Oh, why is that?" Because she's she's football daft. Why is that? She says, "Oh, I don't know any women football football players." Mm. And this yeah. is her, her first ladies' game or women's game that she, that she'd been to see, uh, and she was just absolutely hyper on the way back from the game because she'd met, and the one that made the biggest impression wasn't wasn't a player; it was Anna Sunil's uh, last game mm. as as uh, well her, her last tournament. Um, so it was almost a farewell from. Uh, from from her, so that was her hero after the game because she hadn't had any exposure to uh, to, to, to women's football before then. So it's immensely powerful uh, to be able to make yeah. that connection. Definitely, I mean, we had we had that experience on Thursday. I mean, uh, my daughter obviously is somewhat is one of the players in her own team that goes to football and watches football. But even just speaking to the parents and stuff, it's become quite obvious. You know, that actually, there's a lot of kids in that. Uh, and her team, her Borough Thistle team, that you know they don't really watch football or go to football or have experienced that. So, taken, taken. Uh, I think there was about twenty from the club went along on last Thursday at the Scotland game, and you know the the, the ones that we were taking home were again had met the players, had got one of them had taken their boots off and got their boots signed by all the players, you know, and these were now a treasured possession, and <laughs> you know, and we're talking about you know Aaron Cuthbert obviously who scored the goals and the other players, so. Um, it's a massive. I think. I think knowing players again, it's, it goes back to the Rory Club and the Wraith thing. You know that connection between the players, and you know you can offer a sort of more local feel or a more accessible feel at Wraith Rovers. And I think at the moment, anyway, the the, the women's game is is the same. It's, it feels very accessible and very welcoming and and, and friendly. Yeah, absolutely. I'd completely echo that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we have a question that we ask everyone that comes on the podcast, uh, which is if they could do one thing to improve Scottish football, what would it be? So, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, my one thing to improve Scottish football would, would, I guess, go back to my article in Nutmeg. I think I'd like to rid Scotland of of the whole sectarian uh, mm. thing. I think it's a it's a real scourge on the game, and and I think you know it makes it sort of subverts, I guess, the the sort of who follows what club in the game as well as being mm. a pretty distasteful thing to come mm-hmm. into contact with but I think it actually sort of uh, 
uh, twists, you know, who supports who and, and, and means we're left with two absolutely huge clubs um, and sort of renders our league uncompetitive. So while it's in a, even a moral thing, I think it's a good thing to get rid of. I think even if you got rid of that, then, then Scottish will be a little bit more balanced than, than it currently is and, and hopefully a little bit more competitive because, you know, the top league is, went from a two-horse race to a one-horse race, you know. Yeah. So, you know, competition is what you want and different clubs winning. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd rid Scottish football of sectarianism for once and for all. Excellent. Which they probably could do with strict liability. Well, I was I was about to say read issue eight of Nutmeg to find out how, uh, but I think <laughs> yes. you've never given us that. So, uh, so save yourself ten pound, don't bother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Buy Nutmeg. Yeah, there's not there's lots of other ones that we've not given a spoiler for. That's yeah, there's, there's lots. Of, there's lots of better articles. In there. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good reading. Yeah, absolutely, and includes Colin McPherson's last. Uh, yeah, the last episode of Up in FC. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so do buy it. I was only joking. <laughs> thank you so much for yeah thank you Stephen. really appreciate that no it's been a pleasure okay take care have a good day cheers so thank you to Stephen for coming on and joining us for the podcast this week um before we go um the hot topic in football this week is the world cup yes uh, and i'm really really curious to to know who you're going to be supporting in the world cup andrew uh oh i thought i was going to be asking you so oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have really worked this out um well uh i can get around this by saying i will be keeping an eye on senegal ah right okay because of uh Chaku kiate is the captain of senegal you're allowed to support whoever you want you know? i i i, I yep yeah. so i i'll just be keeping an eye on senegal okay <laughs> <laughs> who will you be supporting Alan? i'll be supporting iceland right. um I, I supported Iceland in the Euros two years ago. Um, oh, that sm- worked out well for you. Then. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, was, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, smallest nation in the in the in the Euros last time round. Smallest nation, I think. I'm sure. Ooh. Sure, they must be. In are the they world. smaller than Panama? Uh, oh, that's a good question, Ooh. actually. No, probably are. Uh, so. We need. We could. We could check that out. But um, yeah, always go for the underdog. Uh, and last time round, uh, Iceland were the underdog in the Euros, mm. uh, so I picked them there. I I've have a fascination with Iceland as well. Never having been, and always having wanted to go there, uh, so it was a natural for me. So I got there. I got their third strip last time round, the black one with the blue, white, and red stripe down the, down the, the down the side of it. Uh, and I was sitting in a pub in Edinburgh watching their famous victory over our neighbours to the south. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, the classic Steve McLaren commentary for, uh, for, for the goal, yeah, which yeah. is which we might have to, to clip out and add to this podcast. Um, but yeah, so I, I couldn't support anybody other than Iceland this time, unless Scotland had qualified, which we of course didn't. As always, next time. Yeah, and you've had a busy week, Andrew. So you've been at uh, an event. Uh, I have. I was very lucky last Thursday, uh, as I mentioned in the in the show. There, I went to the Scotland women's versus Belarus game, which was a really great game. Actually, really enjoyed it. Um, Scotland absolutely dominated, and then did that classic thing of conceding <laughs> Belarus to their first shot of the game, uh, which made it a very interesting second half with them having to win to to stay in with a chance of qualification. Really, and they they did they turned it around and uh, absolutely dominated the game. Quite comfortable, wasn't wasn't reflected in the scoreline, but a brilliant atmosphere um, and a good a good turnout as well. And then on the Friday, uh, I was also fortunate enough to go to the Scottish Women in Sport Conference, their annual convention that they had. Um, the RBS conference suite in Edinburgh again another terrific um, event lots of very interesting conversations and presentations from people discussing the kind of barriers women are facing in sport just now so hopefully something we can do some more work on in the future in terms of um, giving more exposure to the women's game yeah 
But uh, until then, until next week, thank yeah. you very much for, for listening. Yeah, enjoy the first of the World Cup fixtures. Yes, we've got, in fact, we've got a tournament on Saturday, haven't we? Yeah, we're, we're kicking off the World Cup uh, with, uh, with a little six-a-side tournament uh, on Saturday morning. So I'm, uh, I'm in full preparation mode for that. That will be my fifth game of football uh, this week. So I played last night, playing this afternoon, playing tomorrow evening, playing uh, Thursday evening. Uh, and then having a the having a day off. Of fatigue, do you? No, I don't. Uh, I don't also know the definition of running. Uh, <laughs> so I think I'll be all right. Uh, but yeah, I could be. I could be in bits by Saturday. But uh, I'm sure it'll be fine because Iceland are playing later that afternoon. So it's just a warm up for the big event. That's it. And uh, well, we, we might fight. Oh, we. I actually haven't checked the schedule. Are we in each other's group because we've got a team in as well? Actually, it's gone down to one group. So it was oh, going to be two group. groups of four. So it's okay. all, we only have six teams in now. So it's one group. So uh, we have a mid morning break. Uh, and then the first game back on is. Mid morning uh, break? This isn't cricket. It's nearly great football club from, from Fife against Glasgow and the ball. Absolutely. Uh, so it'll be the Supporters Direct Scotland head to head match. Yeah, Grudge we'll, match. We'll, we'll feed back in next week's episode yeah. and we'll put the Steve McLaren exit at the end here yeah brilliant enjoy for the only thing that they have got is the big boy up front Sigurdsson who really Sig Thorson oh, oh my word my oh. Behind the Goals is a Supporters Direct Scotland podcast you can get in touch with the show by emailing behindthegoals at hotmail.com or you can also tweet the show at SupDirectScott that's S-U-P-P Direct Scott.